Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris. Today on the show, I'm going to begin to tell you about our exact plan for growing 31 bits. I've told you about the acquisition. I've talked to Taylor about it. I've interviewed the founders. I've told you what I think the biggest problem is and begun to hint at what we're gonna do to solve it. What I wanna start doing now is to begin to lay out for you exactly our process for how we're gonna go about trying to take this brand from a few hundred thousand dollars last year to ultimately seven figures and beyond. We'd like to get it to eight figures at some point. So I'm gonna begin to tell you what we're gonna do in the next six months to go after that problem. And uh, that will be a huge part of the journey from here. So, um, so stay with us. I'm gonna get you right into it. Maybe it'll be some help to you. All right, so uh, I'm kind of thinking about this week as the beginning of season two. Um, in, as we discussed, uh, the 30, 4x400 acquired 31 bits a few weeks ago and has begun over the last month basically doing serious work, analyzing that brand, thinking about our plans for it, and developing the total strategy for that. And so what I actually wanna do now, I think it can be helpful as our other brands move along and as we face all kinds of ups and downs with those, and I'm sure I'll get to those still uh, along the way, but what I thought might be interesting would be for us to start to kind of pull back the veil on how we approach growing a brand really more from the ground up. Not quite from the ground up, of course, 31 Bits has done a lot of work to this to this point to, to create a great brand, but to get from where we are now, about 300,000 in revenue in 2019, to where we want to go, which is really, um, you know, seven and eight figure business here, seven and eight figure brand um, at, at least, you know, that's kind of the, the, the longer term goal. How are we going to actually approach solving the relevant problems to get there? And I want to start to tell you about the beginning of that process for us and how we're thinking about that. So I made a big point of telling you a couple weeks ago that the issue to solve for 31 bits is conversion rate. That's the issue to solve. So I'm going to tell you now the process we're going through to address that um, and to address it specifically in relation to customer acquisition, because if we're going to grow the brand as much as we want to, the problem to solve first is the ability to acquire customers at profit and at scale. If we can't do that, it doesn't. The retention piece and those sorts of things just don't really matter that much. I mean, there's you could sort of play with that idea that I just said and and poke some holes in it, but. Uh, on the whole, that's basically the case. We've gotta be able to acquire customers, and if we can't do that, we are in serious trouble. So the very, I just wanna walk you through what we've done so far and where we're going, and then over time, I'm gonna tell you more about how each of these things unfold. So the very first thing that we did, actually, was after assessing how much inventory we have on hand, we had to figure out what to do with that inventory. And um, and so the, the first thing I wanna tell you about, about 31 Bits inventory is that because of this issue of ethical sourcing, it's really important that we understand who is making our products, where we're gonna keep making our products, including where to do so at scale. It actually creates, uh, sourcing ethically creates supply chain, supply chain challenge to some degrees, a challenge well worth taking on. Uh, you should, you should, whether it's part of your brand mission or not, um, be ethically sourcing your products, right? That just seems fairly clear. So that challenge is always one that people should be pursuing. But for 31 Bits, it's really crucial because ethical sourcing is the brand. And uh, and 31 Bits began with work in Uganda. Well, we actually uh, now have this issue because there are, there are sort of two types of jewelry that are the main types of jewelry in the 31 Bits catalog. One of them involves these paper beads that came from Uganda. The other one involves metal jewelry and other pieces as well, but that's the kind of main ideas. Metal jewelry, paper beads. Well, all the paper bead stuff comes from Uganda. 
And all the metal stuff right now gets manufactured in Bali from some um, from from a, a manufacturing partner there. Again, ethical sourcing, huge part of that. Actually, one of the ladies, uh, who one of the founders, Callie, who you heard on the podcast a few weeks ago, lives in Bali, knows those people well. So, um, so that it's really it's each one of them um, has this really important. Uh, role in the story of, of 31 bits and 31 bits has an important role, uh, with them, with those communities. So, so, but paper, paper beads on the one side, metal on the other. Now, the interesting thing, of course, working in jewelry is that there's trends to deal with, um, what's fashionable, what's not. And one of the realities is that when 31 bits was founded, paper beads made a lot more sense as a trend in jewelry than, um, than it does now. And this is one of the things that 31 bits has seen is that there's been a decline in sales in that particular product category. It's beautiful. There's artisan, ship to it, but it does not sell as well today as it did before. And that's the reality of the situation. Um, and so in the at the end of last year, and this actually hasn't really been totally announced in the ways that you would normally do so. So if you would keep this to yourself, that would be helpful to us. Um, it, but uh, but 31 bits stopped producing in Uganda. It just became no longer economically viable for 31 bits or for the people in Uganda. It wasn't good for anybody anymore. So they shut down that operation. Uh, well before we ever got involved. So now there's this transition that needs to happen in the brand. And for all past customers, the Uganda story was a big part of the brand. Okay. So, so there's, there's that issue. Now that also means we have inventory on hand from Uganda that we have to figure out what to do, deal with, do with. Um, and then we also now have this metal jewelry and what we need to figure out is, is what can we do with that? Because even if we can sell lots of paper bead jewelry now, Uganda jewelry, it doesn't really matter that much for the long-term prospects of the brand because, of course, we can't produce more of it, not in the way that we thought we could, at least. Uh, so that means that that is a whole category to itself of what we should do with that side of jewelry. Now, there's this other question of if we're going to grow the brand, what can we actually sell metal jewelry the way that we want to? So here's what we did first. The first thing we did was we took best sellers uh, or, or most popular products from the last year created very product focused, still image ads, like not nothing crazy, uh, just imagery of product on people, product on colored backgrounds, very straightforward, ran about 500 bucks, $416 worth of prospecting Facebook ads, uh, focused on that jewelry. This is the first thing we did to figure out where we're at. Okay. So this is step one. And the goal of this was not really to be profitable. The goal of this was to go, where does this put us? What, what kind of return are we going to get right now to begin to set a baseline for performance? Uh, and so here's the basic things to understand is that we spent $416. We returned $96. Uh, we had four unique add to carts over all of that. Uh, the average order value on that uh, with two purchases is about $47. I think I just did my math right on the fly, $47.50. Okay, so it's costing us more to get an add to cart than it is than it is uh, uh, than than even the AOV, let alone a purchase, let alone the CPA. And we're paying about a dollar twenty nine per click. Okay, on a 06 percent click through rate, dollar twenty nine per click. Um, conversion rate is is pretty miserable. Two for three hundred three twenty two. What is that? Half percent, something like that. Uh, so so terrible conversion rate on that for a 0.23 ROAS. Now. Now, I did not get nervous at all when I saw a 0.23 ROAS at prospecting with product-focused advertising. Again, you should, if you're going to convert, you're going to convert on something like this because it's very product-focused. So the, the only reason somebody comes is because they're interested in the product. So uh, 0.23 ROAS. Now, I didn't get very nervous about that at all. That was the end of May. 
And the reason I didn't get nervous about that is because the goal wasn't really profit. That would have been nice, but really the point was just to see kind of where we're at. That's mostly paper bead type stuff. So that was the first test we ran. Next test we ran was a couple weeks later, in the beginning of June, we did metal jewelry, same thing. Very product focused, stuff that we think we can uh, this time source, figure out kind of where we're going um, and, uh, and be able to get more of it, excuse me. And in that case, we got a, on about $1,200 spent, most of it on prospecting, we got a 1.2 ROAS, 27 purchases. We had um, uh, just all the way around, much, much better, much higher average order value, uh, uh, or a little higher average order value. Basically though, the, the and oh, and this is really key, the click price was down on, especially on our best ads, to about, yeah, overall 47 cents. So, and that's on a click-through rate of 1.5%. So you can hear, we're paying about a third of the price for a click, we're, we're more than doubling our click-through rate. I, it, you know, don't hold me too hard on the math, I hope you hear 47 cents versus a buck whatever I said earlier. The point is, the metal jewelry performed without doing almost anything else. We made it free shipping on all orders, but that didn't, I don't know that that had a massive effect. The, 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 without doing almost anything else, except for changing the product we're putting in front of people and changing the product we're driving people to, we went from a 0.2 some, something ROAS to a 1.2. Could immediately move towards beginning to acquire customers. Now, 1.2 is not what we were trying to get to, especially on a couple hundred dollars a day spend. But it immediately highlights what I think is a really crucial uh, point for us to handle this brand, which is, the issue here with conversion rate is first and foremost a product issue. It is first and foremost because this is jewelry, right? At the end of the day, 31 Bits has a great story and it's totally authentic and we are going to revamp telling it better. But at the end of the day, if customers don't like the jewelry, they're not going to buy it. They're not going to buy it. And when we move from paper bead jewelry to metal jewelry on Facebook, immediately we had four or five X the performance that we saw uh, before. That is massive difference without doing almost anything to the site. So I'm gonna tell you a lot more about what we're gonna do moving forward, but I want to reinforce this point as clearly as I possibly can, and I wanna say it again and again and again and again. The product and the offer is the most important thing. It is the most important thing. That's especially true with something like jewelry, right? Where you're talking about large skew sets and you wanna make sure people think that it's beautiful. But first and foremost, if you are trying to change your performance, think about the product itself. Think about the offer itself. So that's the first thing we're doing. Now, that is leading us to all kinds of things. In some respects, this is really good news, right? Because we, if we would have had the opposite performance where we had Uganda jewelry doing great and Bali jewelry doing badly, we'd be in some trouble because we can't get more of the Uganda jewelry. It won't happen. So the fact that we had some some even better than break even, like slightly better than break even performance on, on Bali metal jewelry means we can now take some steps. So we're gonna start doing a bunch of those things. I'm gonna tell you all about all of them along the way. I don't wanna extend this, this episode too much longer. I'm gonna give you the very quick version of what's coming next. First, um, revamping the, the uh, website, including the PDPs, the about page, and some landing pages. I'll talk more about that probably next week. We'll be pushing more of those live. Hopefully have some more information about that. Next, I'm gonna tell you what we're doing to develop new products, how we're thinking about this relative to both um, trends as well as what we're thinking about relative to um, targets around metrics like 
AOV. We're developing specifically around some AOV targets relative to where 31 bits has been in the past, as well as uh, the possibility of scalable, man scalable manufacturing while still being ethical. Uh, and so that's another huge thing. We've got a whole way of thinking about that. I'll tell you what, what's going on there. And then I also am going to tell you more in the very near future about what our plan is around how to handle inventory we need to get rid of and make some money on versus inventory we want to try and scale and what the different approach is to those two. Um, it's basically a merchandising question, right? What is the different approach to those different uh, product sets. This all matters in significant ways for where we take the brand. For now, we're feeling good about the fact that we saw any positive performance at all on this brand. Uh, we're going to really find out if we can win. And if you want a metric to track as we go through this, here's what we really need to do. Assuming we have the inventory, I'm aiming to do at least six figures in November or December. If we can go there, and I'd like to get to like 50 grand in October if I can. I'll tell you exactly where we're at along the way. Uh, we're going to do 10 grand or less in June, so there's some work to be done here. There's, there's a number of factors along the way that's going to get us there or not, um, but including the manufacturing supply chain issues that, that are a little more complex in this case. But that's what we're going for. 50 grand in October, six figures in November or December. I'd take it in either month, um, even if we don't get it for both. That would give me a really good indication that we're moving in the right direction. And uh, and as I tell you this story along the way, I'll be learning it in real time myself. Uh, and as I do, those are those are numbers we can come back to and say, are we hitting it or not? How do we know? So that's the plan. I've got my projections built. I've got um, polishing off my strategy. I can maybe I'll even send you the strategy deck when, uh, next week, so you can just see exactly how we thought about this, um, and we'll go from there. All right, that's it this week on the e-commerce playbook podcast. Thanks as always, really appreciate you spending a little bit of time listening and, and there continues to be just really encouraging feedback from a great community of people in the e-commerce world. If you'd like to get in touch, I'd love to hear from you at Andrew J. Ferris on Twitter or podcast at 4x400.com. Um, and, uh, and ratings and reviews and all that stuff are always helpful. Hey, also, I've had a number of people reach out to me with very specific questions about Facebook ads and, and some other kind of e-commerce tactics. And I've pointed a couple of them to the same place, which is that we have in Common Thread Collective, our, our agency that is uh, the majority owner of 4400, uh, we have a, a, a community, an education community, and kind of learning product called Admission. Uh, and that's just uh, the best place I know of for you to train and hone your skills in Facebook advertising, where you will um, have real live interactions with experts. You get people to call and talk to. It's not just videos to watch and, and those sorts of things. It is an actual live community. It's vetted. Um, and so go check that out, youradmission.co youradmission.co. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on uh, in that world right now. And so if you are, if you want more knowledge of sort of what we think of as the absolute best practices for everything from how to set up your account to thinking about finance in your business, like it, it hits everything. Go check that out. It really is awesome. And, um, and, and, and I just constantly referring people there and, and constantly hearing good things. I had my friend Richie Mashiko say to me the other day, this should cost $10,000 a month. It doesn't cost $10,000 a month, but just saying that it had helped him, um, and his friends grow their business a lot. So maybe I'll have Richie on soon to talk about what they're doing with an awesome company called Birdie uh, because it's just really cool to hear from him and, and what they've learned from that. So anyway, check out youradmission.co. Otherwise, we are done for the week. Thanks very much. <laughs>